Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Bucklin, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to our weekly podcast. We have returned for our from our Easter break, and here is your host, Father Martin. And your co-host, Steve Buckland. Welcome back, and Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you all. After all the festivities, we decided to take one week off so that Father can sleep in a little bit. Actually, he was really recovering from all the chocolate eggs he ate that the Easter Bunny brought him. I slept so much, I could have sworn that my eyes got smaller. Nope, nope, they look the same to me. Which is pretty small. (laughs) I'm not saying anything. I think your eyes are just fine. So, this past Holy Week (laughs) was my first Holy Week as a priest. Yes, that's right. And how did you enjoy your first Easter vigil as a priest? I don't know. The the experience was so powerful um, from the other end of the the altar, I suppose. Uh, Concelebrating with the bishop on Holy Thursday and being conscious of the fact that was celebrating the priesthood that all the priests and the bishops share. It was beautiful to see him washing the feet and um, and just a whole experience. And then being able to prostrate on Good Friday as a priest, literally laying down our life, all that suddenly had a, a huge impact, a very prayerful um, reflection in the midst of all the madness that we had to go through. Uh, these past few days. Yeah, Easter week is always busy when you work at the church. So, most certainly. And uh, on Easter Sunday, I had a chance to uh, to do the uh, sunrise mass at the school. And there's something so peaceful being in nature and and watch the sunrises as we uh, as we re- celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. Now, which way were you facing for this sunrise service? I'm an Asian. I don't do East West. Oh, for goodness sake! I you just... know Ad Orientum still in style. <laughs> it's never gone out of style. I suppose so, but I guess I wasn't facing East because I uh, I didn't see the sun rising and then shining in my eyes. Right. <laughs> so next year we'll get the uh, altar oriented in the proper direction. All right. I suppose so. I suppose we can't so. turn the cathedral. That's Ad North. Is it's it not... really? Yeah. Well, anyway, distracted again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, directions. But but now that we're back, so we're rolling headlong into the third Sunday of Easter. Already? Yep. Oh, Lordy. Where has the time gone? Well, it was Divine Mercy was last weekend. You were on vacation, so, you know. <laughs> That's true. But the liturgical calendar marches on. I mean, it it's 50 days, like um, a third of it's wasted, so you've got to make the most out of the rest of Easter. Oh, wow. So let's start with the road to Emmaus. Yes, yes. So that's one of the most powerful uh, resurrection accounts that we uh, listened to over the Easter season. as the two disciples walking away from Jerusalem, heading to a um, a small village called Emmaus. Uh, What's so powerful about it? Uh, Recently, I I listened to something that Bishop Barron commented, because for St. Luke, the, the temple of Jerusalem is always this, uh, at the center of the attention. That's where God dwells. And so for the, these two disciples walking away from Jerusalem, and how was they feeling? They were feeling despondent and sad. 
And it's a great image for us to reflect as we walk away from God. Right. We walk away from the true joy and true happiness. And then what happened? Jesus came along and began to talk to them. Right. God came after them. Which is a very powerful image because when we think about even this small gospel reading in the context of all of sacred scripture, it's a small reflection on, on the overall scope of the Bible, which is this constant ebb and flow between the love of God that he has for us as his children and our constant attempts to walk away and run away and hide from it, only to have God stretch out his arms and bring us back to him every time. And uh, there's one detail that the two disciples were saying that when they was engaged in conversation with the Lord and their heart felt like in flame as if on fire. Uh, and I, I suppose even in the midst of walking away from God, even in the midst of feeling sad and despair and lost, when we get a chance to be in touch with the living God, then there's some stirring inside our heart. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, I think the interesting thing about this gospel is is that he Jesus comes and it's not that he just shows up and he says, hey guys, it's that he asks them what's going on. The first thing he's interested in um, is what what's going on with you? Where Why are you walking away? What's happened? And they're surprised that, you know, everyone knew what was going on in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you know, where have you been? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the pre-Twitter age and everybody knew. Um, and so that, that dialogue that he establishes with them really is very symbolic of Jesus coming to meet these men where they were. Right. And, and I'm not, the question is pretty loaded. You know, it's not just he, he's concerned not so much with the current events. Right. He's checking like where they where are. Where are you? Their heart, their mind, their soul, that the spiritual state really. And that's where they, he met them. And, but he just didn't meet them there. By meeting them there, then he begins to bring them to where they need to be by explaining to them the scriptures and all that apply to him, the Messiah. Now, last year, there was a scholar who came to the seminary and gave a, um, a conference, and he, uh, he pointed out a, a very interesting detail that I've never uh, really paid attention now, in the account, they said that one of the, the disciples' name was Cleophas, right? Oh, yes. But the second person was not named. And the common interpretation is that you know, that person represents us. Oh, that's interesting. But this guy, this scholar, gave a different interpretation. He said that it's not applying to us, but the second disciple was actually Cleophas' wife. Because if you read the list of the, the, the women that follow Jesus, there oh, was Mary, yes. of the wife of Cleophas. And so the road of Emmaus is the road of a husband and wife. And so Jesus came to meet this couple, his two disciples, in the midst of their, their sadness. And somehow he brought them. He, he walked with the family. Wow. All right. I had never. That's brand new. So I'd never heard that interpretation before. That's right. kind of cool. It, it, is, it is a speculation because obviously the, the name was not mentioned. And it's uh, unique to Luke because Luke's gospel is called the gospel of the women. Right. So typically he would identify if 
the disciple was in fact uh, Mary Cleophas. But it's also a good spin of the gospel account to realize that perhaps it was really her and that Jesus walked with the couple. And perhaps that could apply to us all as we, as we heed the call of the Holy Father to journey with different couples, to journey with family, um, even when they walk the wrong way. And somehow, by our interaction, our constant companionship accompanying them, that we bring them back to where they need to be. Right. And he, you know, it's funny you mentioned, well, it probably isn't funny, it's probably coincidental, that you mentioned at the beginning um, that the focus in Holy Week, when through the Chrism Mass, through Holy Thursday, was really on the priesthood. And for you, kind of, celebrating these liturgies as a priest for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then really what you see in Emmaus, I think, is this example that Christ is, Jesus is providing of really what the role, in a sense, of the priest is. You know, because here in the church, as we were mentioning when we were at lunch, having Korean barbecue, which is very tasty, by the way. It was. And it will make your heart burn as well, but in a very different way. Uh, was that, uh, is that they, these guys were, they're coming and the church is really like a field hospital. Mm -hmm. It's like where the where the souls come because they're sick. And how do we how do we treat the souls that that we meet? And even as Christians, just men and women, young men and women out on the streets, how do we treat the sick who are coming towards us, the people who need help? Are we welcoming them? Are we trying to and try to engage them at where they are? Mm -hmm. Are we trying to show love to them and help them on their journey? And and. Uh... By listening to confession on Holy Week when, you know, people <laughs> who wait until the last minutes and there are people who have not been there to confession for years and and the, the easiest tendency is to judge them, to judge them like why haven't you been going to confession for so long, blah, 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 what's going on with your life, you're not living up to your Christian values, well then... The question that I ask them whenever people confess that I haven't been to confession for so long, uh, first of all, I always say, welcome back. Right. And then second is, what's inspired you to come in today? Because um, instead of immediately pulling up the, uh, the judging phase, understand, understand, and then by meeting them where they're at, some of these people don't, can't remember how to do confession anymore. But by walking with them and explaining to them, it is our chance to bring them back to God. It's our chance to accompany them, uh, just as Jesus did with the disciples on the, on the road to Emmaus. Absolutely. Now, speaking of judging, <clears throat> you'll, uh, we haven't told anybody, we have two guests with us today as we're recording. So WeCat is here, snickering in the background, and we have Father Miguel, who's joined us as an observer and they're both judging us right now. Just very so much I'm so. I'm feeling the judgment. Very much so. Father on Miguel. The, on the contrary, my good friends. On the contrary, <laughs> we're processing what you're sharing with us. Analyzing. Oh, yeah. Analyzing. Analyzing. <laughs> are we, we going to call it the sacred congregation for uh, discipline of faith now? Because, <laughs> because Father Martin is, is, is speculating scriptures and committing heresies? No such thing. Actually, I've been very empowered by what you're saying and what you're sharing. <laughs> That's good. Well, we hope to get you back on for a podcast soon. Because that was one of our highest rated, and we can use all the listeners we can get. So. <laughs> I don't think his ego needs to be strong, you know? <laughs> 
So, um, so back to Emmaus. So as a young adult, um, and, we're, and as we wade through the Easter season, we're just really in the beginning. Um, and as we head towards the Ascension and we head towards Pentecost, you know, what could you, what would you recommend to people if, you know, well, Easter's come and gone and it was a beautiful Sunday liturgy and, and we did all the things we normally do. But, you know, for a lot of people, it's, it's like Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. Easter comes and goes, the decorations get put away and, you know, the next 49 days kind of get, you know, forgotten. It's like, well, now we're go back to work, but, but Easter goes on in the church. It's it's human tendency to always ask ourselves, you know, what's next? Okay, so Holy Week happened. All right, what's next? Oh, Easter. Easter's done, so what's next? But enjoy, enjoy the period of grace because the church allows us to go through this whole season, 40 days until Ascension, and then, and then um, 10 more days to uh, Pentecost. Pentecost. Yeah. Why? Because it is for us to once again, not just like dropping off all the um, the penances and then party once Easter come and then just go back to life, to the normal life as usual. You cannot encounter the living God and then just go back the same way. No, just like the two disciples, as they recognize the Lord in the breaking of the bread, what do they do? They return to Jerusalem and they was filled with joy and they spread the good news. Um, so same for us as we experience the uh, the Easter celebration. How is that changing? How is that transforming your life and mine? And and should I just go back to the way I always live my life or am I striving to relish that grace and then somehow share it? Yep. And when we think about this in the greater context, so we've talked about Lent, we've been walking with you through Lent, um, up right up to the great Easter feast. And now as we head into the Easter season and the, the sacrifice of Lent or the preparing of, of, of your soul and your heart and your mind to celebrate Easter, when it comes to fruition, now's the time that we should be focusing on all of the goodness, to focus on the reward that we have been given through Christ's Sure. Sacrifice for just us. like Steve, just what you do with uh, adult faith formation, because you journey with with the elects to the moments they receive the sacraments of initiation. But that's not the end of it. Throughout this whole period of Easter period, you you have the misericordia with them, right? Unpacking all the graces that they receive, which goes on forever. Yep, yep. Uh, Father Martin only just realized that he's still in the mystagogical phase of his life, so. I am Mr. Mr. Oh, He's still trying to figure out what happened to him. <laughs> Tell him to open his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Well, we talked about that. You're in Mystagogy until you get to heaven. So you're just, everyone's stuck there. And then your eyes will And be then your eyes are open. really wide open. So, but, but just like the two disciples, life happened and we, we don't always recognize the presence of God, even if he's walking alongside with us. Um, and so, yes, every once in a while, we need a little prayer and say, God, open my eyes. Uh, for these two people on the road to Emmaus, they recognize their eyes were open when Jesus break open the bread. A reminder, bringing back them to the moment of grace at the, uh, the Last Supper. They recognize him because he brought them back to the beautiful memory of that night. So, just like us all, we... We need to 
somehow treasure and relive the memory because that's where the funds of all the graces would come. Because God encounters us every single day. But w- when we lose sight of the reflection of, of going back to our journey, going back to memory lane, for lack of better words, then somehow we can easily miss the presence of how Christ encounters us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does because at times as human beings, we fall into despair, we lose hope, we lose our sense of direction, and that's why the disciples at Emmaus, on that encounter, as they recognized him in the breaking of bread, hope was restored, sense of direction gained again, and again, they were energized because of that encounter. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me, that's the powerful message of, the, uh, of that encounter with Christ, with the risen Lord. And um, speaking from the standpoint of a young adult, we all know that life isn't... My, my standpoint, Father, I'm a young adult still. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the journey of life isn't always uh, easy. And, and for... Sadly, sometimes I, I, I witness that people who, who enter into the faith and they were on the high, you know, receiving the sacraments and becoming Catholic, all excited, being, being a part of the church. And then the daily grinds of life, the disappointments, and somehow they begin to question and despair. Isn't it the right direction to receive? I choose God. I choose Christ. How come my life is still a mess? How come there's those challenges, disappointments here and there? Where is God in all of this? Uh, and it, it's easily become a disappointment and then we sort of abandon the faith and the graces that are provided along the way. Um, so just, just a simple thought to recognize that, sure, the, the challenges are part of human journey. And God isn't playing the role of someone just come in and fix everything. Jesus did not come in with these two people to fix everything. He simply came to remind them that the Messiah has to suffer, but then enter into his glory. Yeah, and it also plays to its persistence and its desire. And one of the things that we talk about a lot in the RCIA and particularly with adults who are preparing for confirmation is that you're, you're, there's a reason you're here for whatever it is, but what's going to keep you on the journey and what makes it worthwhile after your baptism, after your confirmation is that desire every day to get up and to put on Christ and to be the best disciple that you can be on that day. And when you have bad days or you have great days, you know, that's going to be normal. The struggle is normal. The struggle is real. Christ is here to empower you. The graces that we receive in the sacraments are what help keep us on the road. They strengthen and nourish us because, mm-hmm. specifically because, mm-hmm. God knows that it's hard, that it's not supposed to be easy. And from a more spiritual perspective, you know, you went to uh, confession over Lent and Holy Week and you're all making a resol- resolution to God, I'm going to be better uh, closer to you, and Easter come and you sin and you, you. Whoa, whoa! Hey now, hey now! Ah. I don't know what you did on your vacation, but the rest of us who were here working were being very holy in your absence, Father Mark. Uh, I'm just saying that even with resolutions that you make, sometimes you know, 
two human weaknesses, you fall short. Sure. You're speaking like a young adult. I know, just like a young adult. (laughs) (laughs) All people, would you just stop (laughs) and let me finish my thoughts? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Just that, you know, even, even so, Easter celebration is every day because John Paul II called us the Easter people and Alleluia is our song. And so even in the midst of, you know, the, the downtroddens of life, uh, sometimes you know, being dragged out by the burden of sins, come back. Always come back because the living God will meet us where we are and will bring us back to where we need to be. Absolutely. So whatever road to Emmaus you happen to be on, it'll take me a little while to get there. That's right. But just remember that God's always walking with you. You True just that. have to be able to see him. True that. So, what a great way to wrap this one up. Happy Easter, everyone. And we're looking forward to uh, uh, sharing with you some more thoughts next week. Amen. God bless. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Buckland. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.